Hi, everyone. You're listening to Bushwick Junction on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is a show about life's inflection points, hosted by me, Asha Saluja. It's about the crossroads in our lives, which paths we choose when we reach them, and where those choices lead us or don't. We'll talk about the decisions we agonized over and the decisions we didn't even realize we were making until years after we made them. We'll talk about how we decide things, how we weigh our options, or how we tap into our intuitions. And we'll talk about the degree to which our choices matter. Do we have any control over the things that alter our fate, or do we end up in the same place no matter which roads we take? On each show, I have a guest tell me about all the big decisions they have ever made in order. We'll start with birth, fast forward to their first big decision, and map out the road their life has taken as a series of these inflection points or junctions. So with that, I will introduce today's guest, uh, Evan. Say hi. Hi. Evan is a new community member here at RFB, your soon-to-be Monday Brooklyn Bandstand host. So tune in tomorrow for Evan's first Brooklyn Bandstand at what time? quick plug 4 p.m 4 p.m perfect timing just get you through the end of your workday slump um evan do you want to give us evan warned me before the show that he doesn't like bios which fair they suck (laughs) do you want to give me a little bit more of a bio just like what are you up to in this life what what what's happening in your life right now yes uh well aside from junctions uh just a lot of things are happening i'm so who I am, I guess I'm uh, a, I studied mechanical aerospace engineering. Well, aerospace engineering is my, uh, is my like concentration in, of study. And um, like I am, I consider myself an artist. I, I do art, I paint, I make music, I draw. I was a graffiti artist at one point. I do a lot of different things and I'm trying, I'm at a point where I'm just merging um, all the facets of myself and uh, yeah, trying to live well-rounded life and like i said uh develop uh, emotional maturity we're gonna get to emotional maturity in a second and you heard that correctly evan is an engineer slash artist um so the first question on this show is tell me about the circumstances into which you were born okay um well i, I was thinking about that one and that's a very open-ended question i guess and uh i don't know i was trying to think of have you seen the movie a uh, big fish yeah yeah that was like trying to come up with a story like that you know like uh you know these odd circumstances that i you know arrived on this earth and wow things that align you know oh my god i'm so glad you brought that up that that whole like movie's premise is super just relevant to this show i need to rewatch yeah. it yeah it's really awesome but also movie. it's fake big fish means right. that the story's made up right so maybe tell me the real one okay. or you can make one up i don't i wouldn't know well i don't know, I don't know you well that's the, that's the thing it's really interesting i think that sometimes we um you know what we remember about like even like what you know the, what the question is you know the, in the show the premise of our sh- the show is like we're talking about our you know how our decisions led up to who we are now and so when you think back sometimes you're not really in the moment or understanding how you're processing things and later on you have this kind of you know this uh 
figment of your of your past self you know it's an imagined yeah. image of yourself you know and it's especially true for the story of how you were born because you can't process exactly. anything you're just only right. retelling it later well i grew up in uh i can say this i grew up in south central los angeles um like uh, my parents uh my mo- my mother's mexican and black um my dad is jamaican i i think that's some sort of has some relevance uh to who i am a lot of relevance to who i am um, my great, my grandmother was, uh, Mexican and Aztec Indian, which I think is interesting. Uh, yeah. her great, her, her grandmother, which was my great grandmother held me at my, uh, after I was born. Um, and I don't remember, but she, because she shortly passed away after that, but, um, she didn't speak Spanish or English. She spoke an Aztec dialect. I'm not wow. fully sure about everything. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think that's interesting. I, I mean, I'm product of, um, very diverse background. Um, lived in South Central Los Angeles, which was, uh, like down the, not like down the block from, uh, where, you know, they kind of say the, there was like epicenter of where they say the riots kind of started. Right, right. Yeah. It was like probably, say I'm 33. So that was like 92. And, uh, you know, so you were, you were there. Yeah. It was like, you know, 20 something, five years ago, yeah, something yeah. like that, 26 years ago. So yeah, I was relative. I was there, and uh, yeah, I, I remember seeing the it unfold, and I, you know, I just remember also just a lot of the life that was, you know, to some extent stereotypical of of what one might think South Central Los Angeles was. Um, I had a, a neighbor's house whose whose house was painted blue um, for. Obvious reasons for, for, for game related reasons. I don't know. I don't know and, if yeah. that's obvious to our RFB audience. Right. But yeah, it was, it, it was an interesting place. I mean, and I think, and I, and there was just so many, and there's also so many, um, so many other aspects of, of growing up there that I remember that totally are outside of what the stereotype is for that area, you know? When you were a child, did it feel like you were in, in an atmosphere that was, dangerous or scary in some way or did you kind of feel like idyllic and you didn't know any better and children sort of have a natural innocence to them well it's funny because um both like kind of both um you know it just was where i grew up and so everything was also just familiar Mm -hmm. just familiar people were familiar um i felt a a sense of belonging even though like i wasn't in any gangs um I didn't, there was no, nobody from my, from my, who I grew up with was trying to pressure me to be any, any gangs. It wasn't like, like they show on TV and that, right. Um, maybe some of them experienced that kind of pressure each between each other, but I never, uh, that never was brought upon me. And it was always like, yo, you stay out of this. Oh, um, sounds like you were with the right people. Well, they were doing bad. Some of them, a lot of them were doing bad things, but they were like, you know, you're part of the community. They saw me as a certain you know, they saw a different lane for me. It's interesting. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, like even though they, they might not have even realized that, you know, as you know, back then, but, um, as I got older and have gone back and talked to some of my friends, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm glad one of us got out of here and it, you know, and yeah, it's an interesting and that's so much thing, but yeah, mm -hmm, so much to sink into. Like one of you say, they say, glad one of us got out of here and why do you think the people in your life saw that for you so early um i think some of it had to do with uh my parents um and their focus and how they kind of tried to 
guide where they tried to guide me mm-hmm. um, in terms of just like staying out of trouble and you know uh, and them also being uh, people who tried to be open and uh, supportive of the other kids in that I, you know that were in our community that even though they they were kids too at some point they were kids like my age you know mm-hmm. and, and we played and then they branched off and did whatever they did but my uh, parents were always like supportive of tried to be supportive of them because they knew she knew they knew them since they were kids you know yeah, like they yeah. were, you know some of my friends would they would come by and ask my dad to help them with their homework because they didn't have somebody to help them with their homework and so there are things small things like that where they wouldn't you know and they would knock on my door and not want to they're you know they're not like hey like i need help with my homework they're like hey can i talk to your dad i'm like why <laughs> and they're like yeah you know oh, a little I'm like, yeah, whatever yeah 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 it was interesting it's interesting that's really sweet that's nice yeah but i think that's why they kind of you know they they kind of knew that i was part you know they're like you're part of this a community how and you don't have to do i don't know it's interesting i think um sometimes we feel like we need to be do more to be part of a group than we actually have to you know right and i have a sneak preview that actively participating in a community is coming back full circle right now i definitely. guess you're thinking about the model your parents showed you oh when definitely you were a kid, yeah. so we'll get to that later um so when we I, I want to fast forward to your first big conscious decision but i also want to just interject it sounds like you're aware and you've expressed to me that there was this big junction before you even really decided started making decisions which was yeah. kind of being placed in that lane by your community the get out of your lane yeah definitely. like your life could have ended up really different if you hadn't been perceived that way if your parents hadn't been guiding right. you that way so that's awesome right and also if i didn't like innately have some sort of like drive drive or yeah. whatever yeah definitely and just interests that were things that like helped me like lock onto things like like you know lock onto a path of just getting toward you know something yeah. just to look forward to i guess yeah so what were they there, what like, were you looking forward to as a kid or teenager? um i liked graffiti i used to do graffiti i always had a uh, interest in art and my mom's side of family. Well, both my mom and my father's side, they were very, uh, artistic and like my dad's, my, my dad likes to draw. He's, he's, uh, actually a twin. That's another funny story. His, his brother is an architect, mm-hmm. but they, like, he wanted to be an architect, architect, but like he has five brother, four brothers, him and his twin brother, plus three other brothers. And his parents were kind of like, you have all have to do a different thing. You guys can't do the same thing. What? And yeah. So his twin was an architect and they were, which would be cool. Like twin brother architect. Yeah. I don't know. But they kind of wanted them to do different things. They all play different instruments. They all did different things. So. Wow. Yeah. So, so I, even the twins couldn't do the same thing. Right. And so it was like, kind of like, that's such a funny rule. Yeah. It's just arbitrary. My dad was, you know, he, extremely arbitrary. Yeah. So what did he do instead? Accounting, yeah. Oh my God! But he wanted to be an architect. Yeah, I think so. He, but you know, I, I think now he kind of, I don't know. He's, he's. But he gets to draw in his spare time, and well, him and my his his brother, they designed the, they designed and built like the house that my like our house that I grew up in. They remodeled it and um, did all the the planning and the the drawing and the architecture for that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting thing that. I don't know that you're grappling with this, but it sounds like your dad did. And I know I do. And lots of people on the show do is like doing your passion as your main job. Oh yeah. Like it's 
it's like the big question. Like, do I want to do what I love for money or do I want to do something else for money and then do it on the side? Yeah. So this is like your birthright, the struggle. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, because my, my dad was a, uh, he played reggae music. He was like, uh, you know, it was a very small community back then of reggae musicians, like people who came over from Jamaica and like in Los Angeles. And so he was like, you know, as any like community that's like gaining the kind of exposure that one would be gaining, like at the time, Bob Marley, you know, Bob Marley, mm-hmm. like it, it, there's no internet and all that, you know, so like that was a small community. He was like, in covering for bands and like you know and uh, opening for these big acts and and put that aside for like life quote unquote right, right. you know like the what what you know what the old traditional yeah what life what, having it, a family yeah and, and I think like kids nowadays well kids you know kids, <laughs> kids nowadays no I think like um you know I just found out I'm a millennial as well. But, uh, you just found out. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just found out I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial too. Yeah. Oh, like 84, I think is a cutoff now. And that's like, I'm December of 84. So I'm oh, interesting. Right there. Yeah. So um, they, uh, I think that's the cutoff. Don't, don't quote me. It but sounds right. They were like, so like ultimately they, uh, I don't know. I think um, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, well, you were talking about the impetus in older generations oh, to yeah. put your fun life aside right. and like start a real life. I think like, I'm like, uh, and there's like a kind of like we're caught in that middle a of yeah. like trying of um yeah like we're we're like all right we're not gonna be YouTube stars but uh right you know but um we don't want to be we don't want to like have a nine to five for our whole lives right and, like yeah. we're something that we a nine to five that we just don't like we dread you right know? right right which I've been there I was there <laughs> yeah well and uh, yeah so I guess like ultimately like my the first major decision i had to make or what conscious junction i i came up to was um like what college to go to mm-hmm. and uh made my parents very uh, furious because i just kind of had this idea like i i know i'm supposed to go to college at some point mm-hmm. um i was i was always in like these um highly gifted magnet programs um growing up so wait let's take a step back you're like a high school kid you love art you're good at math though yeah you're good at math and science yeah so I just did that, you know, yeah. because I could do it. And I'm um, also kind of like, it was like, yeah, look, every, I was bust out of, I, I went to like the, the highly gifted magnet, like program. a magnet school. Yeah. And there was, yeah. And there was like one in my neighborhood that was, that's I think why my parents moved to that area. But mm-hmm. there was one in the South central that was my elementary school it was like down the block walking distance. And um, then, and you don't walk anywhere in California, but like it was down the block. Mm-hmm. And so I went there and then um, there was a, there was a another one for high for junior high that I went to that was in another uh, uh, area like uh, so you got busted away basically yeah but it was in a rival gang area because it's, it's funny yeah it's interesting but like yeah like I had these little experiences like being like going back and forth and feeling like I was belonged in both areas and so and so I kind of like never got into any problems it was weird because people would say stuff to me and I'm like okay whatever and I keep on moving and just not and. It, I don't know. I don't recommend it. I don't think that's like how you handle things, but it worked. I don't know how, but um, kind of be silent and mysterious. Yeah. And I just kind of ignored what, like when people would like ask me things of like gang stuff, like that I knew was like, there's a, a response. Like this means that I'm going to rob you or this means like, I'm going to, I would just like, uh, I didn't hear you. Just like learn the signals and yeah. don't do them. Okay. Yeah. So you're a, a 
relatively good kid. You're not getting into too much trouble. Yeah. You're into math. You're into science, also, and you love art. Uh, yeah, and doing graffiti and stuff. And doing graffiti. So, which I guess is illegal, but it's like the most beautiful kind of illegal. Well, the thing too that like in Los Angeles there was uh, there was it became like this thing of um, like tag banging, like where people were graffitiing, and there was also like the, it was it wasn't less about it was less about the art it was more about like just getting your name up and also there was gang it was the gang, gang thing is really different um when i came out here and i just totally realized like oh gangs are like totally something else out even out here um there's like a primary purpose and then a gang out there it's like gang and then whatever other thing like graffiti too but gang first mm. it's, it's a, i don't know i don't that's a whole nother topic but but, but I, yeah, I ended up like doing like uh, graffiti all the time and just hanging out with people and trying and like and and but like using that as a way to like push away some of the, the negative attention. Like um, sometimes people would I'd carry my book with me purposely because I know people would like try to ask, you know, try what they call hit you up. Hey, you're from what gang are you from? Or where are you affiliated with? And I just like, oh, here's my book. Look at my book. And they were like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. I like this. Rather, you know, rather than. And it would totally distract you from the intent, you know, whatever. You're like, yeah, this is illegal, but look, I'm an artist. Right. And like, and also like the people who are in gangs and stuff like that, they would be like, got it. They're like, oh, you're an artist. You're not, you're You're, not. Okay. Okay. So whereas tagging was also a gang activity, you had your book with you. You're like, no, I'm legit. Yeah. I'm about this. I do pieces. I do like. Got it. Got it. Cool. They categorize me as something else too. And so I I think that's interesting. I don't know. So being an artist kind of helped you duck under the radar right and as an identity yeah and i think it's weird though because then um when i got started getting bussed out to this to this high school which was like totally out of the hood it was like in like west la Mm -hmm. i kind of um felt like i don't know it was like i I was kind of felt like i was out of um you know my my normal i was definitely out of my normal surroundings and and um exposed to a lot of different people different people which i which I come from a very mixed background. So I like, I know different people, different races, different, you know, but just to be with peers all the time and also like people who challenged, I guess kind of, I don't know. I felt kind of challenged more, more with, um, uh, academics. Cause I didn't know until later on that I had the ADD, but, uh, like I look back now, I'm like, yeah, I totally got totally, it. Yeah. Yeah. Not as diagnosis happy back then. Exactly. So it comes time to decide what's up for college. And you said you made your parents mad. What did you do to make your parents mad? Just didn't. You didn't want to go. No, I did. I just uh. figured I needed to. I just didn't do anything. Like, uh. Yeah. Like uh, the I took like the SAT, like the last like SAT you could take that year. And uh, and. Just in this college was very college. It was uh, this high school was very college preparatory, mm-hmm. and I just kind of like, I don't know. I just felt always like kind of felt like a little bit of an outsider out uh, at all, my whole life. But there, um, because even though I, I I would table hop, I call that you know table hopper. I was cool with everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. Enough, you know. But um, you know, didn't really. There was like the study crowd, the people who were like seemed like they were always like they they. I I would go to I was in their classes and mm-hmm. you know. But then there was like the graffiti crowd and the beat making crowd that I'd hang out with. And like, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. It was just kind of like didn't have this focus on college like my parents wanted me to. Hmm. Um, and I wrote like uh, to there's like you could check off semi scores to like whatever college, you know, I think we're off. We might be familiar. You might be familiar. Like when you do your SAT. Yeah. Yeah. I checked off like M- MIT because I was interested in engineering. 
um, checked off like Harvard because I was like, oh, that's a school with a name. And because uh, <laughs> I've heard of that one. Yeah. And, and there was like, but like, I didn't really, I just didn't really follow up with them. And they were following up with me. I got like these um, recruitment letters and like, yeah. like invitations to come, like come, we're having this thing and come and meet with the, recru- the recruiter. Right. And they would call and, and I didn't go. And my parents, my mom was like, why aren't you like, you told me you, and then the guy called and said, Hey, he uh-huh. never showed up. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I, I, I just thought, I, I don't know. I think it was also like with like a self-esteem issue too. I just kind of thought that it was, it didn't seem real to me. Yeah. It, you know, I, I thought it was junk mail. Thought it wasn't going to work out. Thought it wasn't for really for you. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was junk mail. I thought like, okay, they're just calling me because I wrote, I said, send them my scores. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't realize later, okay, my scores were good enough for them to, Right, even like right, 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 right. A follow up from them. I didn't understand that. Yeah, and that's what got my my mother really mad because she's like, "You're not doing anything, um, like active to 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 take control of your life, or you know, I don't know." But, yeah. But um, it's interesting because I because I spoke to my mother a couple weeks ago, as as I'm getting to this other transition in my life. I'm currently. Um, she was telling, she said like this, she noted that this as one of like the first time, like she saw me making a decision as an adult. Um, and she said, I don't really fully remember it. I just kind of remember being annoyed (laughs) because I get like that. And, uh, she was like, yeah, you know, just upset and pressing me about why haven't you followed up? Why aren't you, you know, doing what you need to do? She, She said, you know, if you're, if you want, you can just, uh, if you don't, I guess, take action on this stuff. You, you're going to end up, you're going to have to live here and you're going to have to pay rent, mm-hmm. and you're gonna, but you're still going to go to like community college. And then you also have to get a job and like, like, ugh, you're going to make it. And I just, I kind of told her like, who's, you know, who's, I mean, I did send them the scores and stuff like that, but who said I really want to go to Harvard or like, you know, I don't necessarily it's just a thing like, and, um, she, I didn't know it at the time, but like, she's telling me this now, like, she's like, yeah, you know, I kind of, she's like, I saw like, even though she still was upset, she was like, you know, saw it as the first time I really made a conscious, like, this is what I'm going to do. And like, I'm not just because you think that, you know, right. That this is a good path, you know? Well, what, what, so the decision you made at the time that she noted was what? Well, that I didn't, to not do, just to to not, not. to not. Right. Okay. And it's, funny because then i well the thing is i came to new york and but what ended up happening what did you do for college i came i went to uh new york i waited till the last minute so all the deadlines for like all uh-huh. the california schools and most schools the california school deadlines were like november 30th uh-huh. i hadn't taken my sat yet so i couldn't i was like ah, i don't know and also i also passed the deadline and then uh so new york had new york schools and that's the thing like i kind of just wanted to come to new york mm. and had uh, you been before no just an so, idea like, I tell people, like, I used to tell people, yeah, I came to New York for college, but that's not why I came to New York. Uh-huh. I came to New York because I like New York hip hop. That's. Oh, yeah, more like, than California hip hop? Yeah. Well, at the time. Um, right. I, not like, not more than the, the specific songs or specific artists. I just like, like, uh, I guess my own romanticized idea of, of hip hop culture. Right. Um, that I had when I was a kid. Like, mm. I like, that was like, a draw that was a huge draw like i was into graffiti i was into breakdancing i wasn't very good at it but i was into it right i was into like like just like hip-hop as like hip-hop uh 
you know, as a culture. And I was just like into to it and New York being the birthplace. And I was like, I want to be there. And um, it had nothing to do really with engineering. There was a school that I got accepted to, some schools that I got accepted to out here that were easy for me to, I think, easy, like they were, I don't know, they weren't too easy. I don't know. It's just, I got accepted. I just was like, you not, got accepted they were, they and late. engineering seemed easy. Well, yeah, it was something I could do. Yeah. You were like, like, I can handle it. And it's also something that I knew is there's always a demand and always like, you know, I, I was always, I, I'm, yeah, it seemed like a practical route, right. but you really could get to be here amongst this culture that you were excited about. Exactly. You did it as the kids say for the culture. Yeah. For the culture. So you get here. What happens? I'm in Long Island, New York. Okay. Which, and, like, not a ton of graffiti. No, <laughs> Little yeah. did you know. Well, and, like, exit, like, exit, like, like out there. Oh, 50, God. Like, exit 56. Where, and like, where is it? Where is this? Uh, New York Institute of Technology. And it was, um at the time, they had a central ISOP ca- campus, which is, like, far. Yeah. And I didn't know, like, it's, like, this is nowhere near the city. And this is, you know. And so I, I, I do, um I look back and I, like, really I appreciate the, the, uh, the, education i got there because um it was very there's not only is it uh may teach you like engineering but there is very they have very uh, practical there's a very practical approach and and like easy it was easy for me to get a, get a job and i've come across a lot of people in new york and who have who went there and it's like oh yeah like yeah like off the radar but very good like good practical school. practical yeah and and yeah, it's like not that I not ended up just like, oh, I'm not using my degree, you know, that yeah. was my experience. Did you, you, so you finished school there and yeah. did you live there the whole time? Oh yeah. I was did- a, I was an RA cause I, that's the thing. My parent, my, my parents were like, well, you're going to have to like figure out a way since you kind of took this lackadaisical approach and yeah. like you could figure out a way to like pay for it yourself. And I was like, all right, which kind of, I, sh- I kind of have that. <laughs> they just, that's just how things have been with us my whole life. Um, my little sister has it a little bit better, but mm, I've heard this kind of big sibling <laughs> exactly angst. Okay, but, um, uh, yeah. So, did you find your way into the city and into the subculture that you were excited about, or did you kind of have to put that on the back burner because no, you're too far? Well, I ended up, yeah, I did um, find my way into the city a lot, and I would like come, at, I would come explore, and but then. I guess life and like, like just being in college and studying engineering, it was like that became what I did. Uh, um, and it just kind of creaked up on me. Like I, I felt like, you know, sometimes like I, like you spend some time trying to, I feel like it's like deep cover, like one of those, uh, undercover movies, like where you're like, yeah, I'm going to infiltrate this so I can do something else. And then you end up like, uh, like that just consumes yeah. you. Like, oh, now I'm this person. You go you know? too undercover, like yeah. miscongeniality. Like miscongeniality. Yeah, <laughs> you get too into it. Okay, yeah. so uh, you're you're an engineer now. You're drinking the Kool Aid, yeah. and tell me about like finding work. What happens after college? Well, um, I just uh, this is where the next big, I guess, thing happened, or whatever. It's not that big, but it was just like uh, it, it was a subconscious thing where it's like we're not a. You know, it wasn't an active decision, mm-hmm. but I kind of was like, all right, this is what I'm studying. Um, so, like, I, I would intern at my uncle's for, like, uh, he, he who's the architect. So, I right. intern at his place is like, okay, he had he needed some engineer, an engineer. 
Um, my uncle has his own practice in San Francisco, and I would go over there um, in the summer every once in a while and say, you know, I think it was like two years in a row I did, um, two summers. And I would uh, just do these inner energy load calculations for some of the buildings that he would, or and, and projects that he was working on. And then I, so I had this on my resume, which is, it actually was a thing. Like yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was, you know, I thought oh, it was my, working for my uncle, but it was actually like I was doing something and uh, something that ended up being recognizable mm-hmm. um, or helped me get a job because then I went into construction. Um, I interviewed with this uh, HVAC company with, you know, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, which a lot of people don't know is rocket science. Huh. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the same concepts that you use for aerospace engineering. It's uh, heat transfer. It's all, it's Checks all out. Heat, I believe you. And, and, you know, fluid dynamics, it's just the same kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, so I start, I, I start, I worked in that field um, uh, because I had that background in working with my uncle. And mm-hmm. I just, this, like, my junior year or whatever, the year that everyone gets, like, internships for, that line them up for a job after so I guess this was the year before. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the summer before my senior year, I kind of like I right, went there, with this company, and I worked. I worked there because it was easy. I, I could just. I ended up getting the job. It wasn't necessarily it was like easy. It was just like I followed up and I called, and they were like, "Okay, you have the qualifications that we're looking." Right. It was just that's why it was easy. It's just like one on one. And is this one. in the city? Yeah. So you finally make your way to New York. Yeah. And. Where in the through line, like where is the through line of your art at this point? Are you like dead uh, focused on just work well, or are you getting to do some other stuff? Too? No, like this is like, this is like being in the midst of just like up into my, like I guess junior year, uh, sophomore, junior year. Like I would, I had more time to like paint or draw. I used to airbrush sneakers and stuff like that for for extra cash. Oh, cool. And I, you know, like someone, these are the new color sneakers coming out. Okay. I got the old color. Can you paint them for me? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sometimes I do that. Or, or like someone's like, Oh, I have this outfit that I want something to match. I'd like, or I just come up with ideas and paint stuff. So I do things like that on the side. But then as I started like getting deeper in my studies and also going to like work, um, I had to do, I, I had less time to do that. Mm-hmm. Less time to make music, I, which I, I don't know if I mentioned, but yeah, we like, haven't talked about that all yet. that stuff. And so like, and that stuff wasn't, never seemed like to me as a income stream. Right. Like, so, so I was, this ah, is whatever. interesting because you just talked about how your dad had to set aside yeah. a fun life to kind of do like a grown up life. And you kind of started in that direction. Yeah. And I didn't really like, I, yeah, I started up, started in that direction. I think about that often, um, even like at that time later on that I started like, when I started working, working and not and doing even less art, um, which back in the day, like back in the day, like in college, back in college, I would uh, like do a lot of just scribbling in my notebooks. So mm. I'm not a good note taker at all because of the ADD. Now I know, but um, I used to like just draw in class, um, and that was me just trying to keep my hand like and just Occupied. get that yeah and get yeah. My, and keep get you know that's the rare time i would have to have that out outlet you know to use that outlet Interesting. and um so yeah later on started working and started helping out some friends in the fashion industry who had this little uh who had a a clothing line and um kind of like one of them were always like dude like you should quit your job just quit your job i'm like dude like what, what are you talking about he's like yeah you're this age and you can have fun 
And, I'm, and I didn't think of it as, I kind of thought that as silly when he, you know, but as an older now, mm-hmm. I kind of like, all right, I think that. So did you do it? No, I never, I didn't. Um, and I ended up being. Why, why do you think that person told you that? And why do you think you did? Like, what's the difference between the two of you that made you not do it? Well, because. Uh, when it seemed like an easy move for him. Because that's just, he was, he, he was a person who's like, who, he's one of the people, one of a type of person that could, who's, that's how he is. You know, he lives by the seat of his pants. He's more like, mm. you know, and that's not me. Sounds like he came from a privileged background. No, not at all. Oh, interesting. Not at all. And, but that's the thing, like where it's his, he, I feel like sometimes, and as I'm getting older, um, I think we, especially like me growing up in South Central, even to my own right, like I have privilege, the privileges that I have. Um, so sometimes I, th- even with that though, because like I had things that a lot of my friends didn't have and in terms of like support and other things that helped me mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever it is, you know, maybe. But so I think in thinking back about that, the, um, it's just interesting. I, even me, like I live in like this post-traumatic stress, like, day-to-day survival mode that um like i noticed my friends live in and that like that particular friend friend lived in too um this friend i got mm-hmm. later in life who grew up in Al- albany which is a which is rough um right. where he grew up and um yeah i noticed that same kind it's like this hustling like you're always everything is is a hustle like yeah you don't feel like you can take a break right you feel it, like you don't deserve a break and if right. you take one something bad might happen right and you know never take a, to take time to take a knee take take a breath and, mm-hmm. and assess your resources plan ahead yeah you know, you know just see where you, and i know so i kind of like I, and i didn't realize that then though i realize that now but there was just something i was like dude no like this but also i was in survival this mode of yeah like, you I have absolutely to work. were mm-hmm. no i have this job i need to i need to do this you know um and i was making good money i was making like 50 grand out of college that was like a lot from you know arbitrarily because i'm from south central i didn't know you know no yeah that's like, just a good great starting salary yeah. so you um are a couple years into work like you didn't quit no i didn't quit But you had some friends who were like kind of living life right and they were like in the fashion industry and the things are also like i didn't and the and he was in the music industry did stuff with music so like there's a lot of things i didn't understand like people had like incentives and like uh like what are they called like fringe benefit type things like where they were like uh you know you get the things i would spend my money on mm-hmm. they get for free sometimes you know yeah and so you know, but then also they're still, you know, scrounging just like I am. And, you know, I realized later that, yeah, I'm just running this rat race as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, two years in or two years or something like that, I'm thinking like, wow, you know, I'm not making enough money or I need to like, I don't know. You're not making enough money to be this unhappy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I like I think the next big uh, junction, I think, was when I asked for my raise. OK. For a raise. Um. And I quit because I just didn't, I, I put in resignation. Because they said no? No, because they just weren't oh. responsive. I said, you know, and somebody else was, was uh, courting me, I guess. And so I ended up going, I ended up like, uh, like, and it was a very difficult thing. It's not something I wanted to do. I thought I was in a family kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, somebody who became a mentor 
more so a mentor to me, was like, hey, how much he was new, relatively new? And he's like, hey, how much, if you don't mind me asking, how much are you making? He's like, because it's not just about money. It's, you know, there's other things, learning, all of this, you know. And I was like, uh, I told him how much. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, they need to pay you more. Oh. And I was like, okay, good. Like, I had done the right thing. And he's like, if, if they don't pay you, you should continue. Yeah, just go ahead and leave. Um, and they end up paying me more, like 30 grand more, which is like ridiculous. Damn. I, I didn't realize that until later that like, hey, like somebody is working you and they don't like, and they, and they're they that. have the extra 30 grand right. and you just have to ask for, you just have to threaten to quit. Yeah, right. That's, and that's, and that's, but then, then they piled more work on me and piled more. I don't know. It, it became like this environment that was to some extent, it not even just to some extent, it's, it's a, it's construction. I was working construction. It's like yeah. white male dominated industry. There's, it's like this l- l- last, I still am. So I'm choose my words wisely. Oh, no, wait. No, so yeah, talking. I wanted to follow through. So you, you've been working in this industry now for like 10 years, right? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And the will to quit and drop out of that life has never overpowered your willingness to like have a stable no. life. Well, actually then it became like the same where I'm, I'm kind of just hard-headed and uh, like there was like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm also, I think it's also important to like to be a representative. Mm-hmm. And so like in a area in, I'm in this field that I'm not represented as a, as management as right. like, you know, so I'm like, I, I think I find importance in that. And I was sticking through that. And also I just feel like not quitting in the midst of a project. Right. And um, it just, kept on extending and extending and extending and it became years. Um, and then finally things just came crashing down like a bunch of like other things. Like I, I was, uh, lost three, my grand, my grandfather pa- passed away in Jamaica and then my grandmother two weeks later, and then my aunt. And it was all within wow, like, three so weeks. Sorry. Yeah. And, uh, my, the woman I was dating at the time, she was like schizophrenic. And I didn't know that. And like then, Whoa. right. And so a lot I, going on. Right. And so then all that at the same time. And then, uh, and and work being I was overloaded with work and um, people were recognizing that I w- they were judging me on my potential mm. rather than you know realistic metrics and um, I I gotten finally like gotten to the point where I felt like two years later even later than that I said hey you know what quitting time time to quit um, and I ended up working for myself for a year and previously they had been making they had uh I got in this position, this this area where they, well, I got into the situation where they allowed me to uh, create this drafting department in there for them. Because construction, there's a aspect of construction called building information modeling, which is relatively new, which is um, where they 3D model all the buildings. And they, oh, cool. Yeah, and they, they so you basically build a building before you build it. So you, so you instead of running into the conflicts that you're, that you would, while you're building it, you hash those out prior right which they usually yeah they do that 2d they've been doing that 2d for years like laying drawings on top which they still do Hmm. they still do this but um it's new york construction is kind of slow to adapt to and and progress but whatever yeah so we're so they're doing that and um i i was because i was young and i was interested and i could use a computer Mm -hmm. um and because in construction like people still fax they still fax to this day people are still old yeah yeah so like i i ended up doing that I ended up doing that. You're like, I'm a millennial actually. So right. let me, so that, so you got basically your own little like place of your own team of your own. And well, myself. Gig. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, but then I, that's why I was stressed thin because I was 
do, doing that and then doing other the other job of project management. Gotcha. And so that's the whole thing is like, it, but it was something that I felt because it's drafting. It's like, yeah, this is like graffiti. This is like I'm drawing. Oh. Like, yeah. Like I'm drawing lines and I'm drawing, you know, and I'm so when you get offered the opportunity to do drafting, you're like, this is what I really want to be doing. I'm just draw. You're like an architect. Well, this is this is a place that I find that I that I like. Within, yeah. You know, so let's take a we need to take a step back sort of and follow the other through line of what's going on outside of work. Mm-hmm. So over these years, you kind of were like unhappy. You were not feeling like you were expressing yourself in some way. And you clearly had some emotional baggage from this one time when lots of stuff was going wrong. But what has happened recently that has sort of provided some resolution to those storylines? Well, I think the biggest thing was like uh, when I finally left that job and it was just quitting um, out of like desperation, like where it was, I had planned to quit for so long Mm -hmm. and then finally just quit quit and had this had the drafting as something that I felt was like okay it's something I can um do just because I noticed there was a need right and um there was something I could do for other people and I ended up doing that for a year and it was it was rough um and then I it, it was rough in the fact that like you know doing a running a business and or trying to run a business and build a business and do So you were running your own drafting business basically. Yeah. You were working for yourself doing yeah. that. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, collecting money. it was just it was a yeah. little it was it was that much. freelance hustle. Yeah. It, right. And and so I ended up um throwing the towel like uh, a year into it after and said, you know, but I, like I was glad I did it and it gave me this different mentality of like, you know, Anytime I go back to, if I'm working for somebody, this is a project, you know, like, uh, you know, I, it, 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 there's other aspects to me. There's other, you know, there's other things that, there are things that I, we agree upon and there's things that we have a similar vision, similar intention and towards, you know, intention towards. However, like, I still am, I still need me, you know, I still am me and I can't, and I'm also dealing with my ex, like the who is schizophrenic. I realized there's some, you, you just, you there's only you have to preserve yourself sometimes you know yeah and more well not sometimes all the time because it's like then you can't make any other decision you can't do anything else or you can't help someone else because it's right you can't contribute to someone else's community or someone else's thing that someone's building because like it's like uh when they tell you to put the um air mask on yourself before you help the kids and the right person next to you because if you don't then everyone will run out of oxygen exactly interesting so deciding to stop doing basically running your own business was one of those acts of self-preservation well yeah like but it was kind of like weird because it was like yeah i I, it was good because i had the experience of running my own business but it was like oh i gotta go work for someone again and i realized though that you know you can work for someone and it's not you know like and, and it just gave me an idea of my own my own value um and that like i was like i could make it like right. without like once you know you don't need your employer you treat them a little differently yeah okay so what happens what what job do you get after that a similar Started, drafting uh, or no similar job but yeah. but um this time in like a like a different tier of construction management um ended up working on a larger high profile projects um but they were luxury condos and one of them was like a big project uh, another one was another big project. Some moral conflict. Yeah, well, yeah, and um, you know, there were, it just was like also just not as fulfilling. Um, yeah. 
I ended up go- being invited to like this cancer research dinner and um, because uh, somebody was, it was like uh, big fancy thing, big fancy thing for one of the developers that, you know, and then he, they ended up like, uh, like, I, I don't know. It was just interesting because he said, he said something similar. The developer said something similar and then the owner of my company, you know, we had this conversation of like, you know, our impact and like, you know, like we like, look at all these other people here who built, you know, who are this is cancer researchers and their contribution. I'm mm. like, yeah, we all contribute to the, <laughs> but like it was, you know, and it's something I have had been weighing on me for some time because like previously when I was in just doing the air conditioning, I was there, they kind of like had me doing stuff for schools and I'm like, okay, well I'm building a school, you know, yeah. I feel like a little I'm bit, you know, contributing. I feel like, yeah, a little bit better about that. So I, I've been thinking about ways to, to, to do more. Um, and I think, like one big thing I've been doing is like just, just writing down the communities that I could be part of the communities that I already I already existed in. Like I, I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, oh, cool! Yes, thank you. At a school that I feel is really uh, community based is um, Brooklyn Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, mm-hmm. I go to the one, and there's a few locations. Um, I, I study at uh, or practice train at um, Myrtle and Myrtle Clinton Myrtle. Gotcha. So you're writing down. So you're at a point where you're like, wow, I'm at this cancer dinner. And what have what have I done recently by built electric condo? And so the the next thought there is, how can I become part of a contributing community? And you write down a list of all of the communities you're part of like where do i start yeah this is i mean this so it's is, jujitsu it's what else um jujitsu there was uh i mean there's just a lot of this it's uh this is a lot of things that i do but i write these lists all the time so i was writing like just different lists and that was one of them and it was just like jujitsu i do uh there was a i was um like make music and so i've been trying so i was trying to find this community like communities um, around making music yeah like beat makers and yeah like yeah that, that i could just check out and just kind of hang out with um one was a uh, pushing button buttons collective cool. um there's another and then i was doing that and i ended up uh let's see like and then trying to find like things that just things that i could go to um there's uh like nyc resistor like these hack maker spaces hacker spaces that i could check out that would in the sort of engineer related community yeah, yeah. engineering and arts related things mm-hmm. um and uh you know just been trying to like i would ha- just hanging out to more with people that i like there's a local bar i go to that i would just go and i draw all the time there outside because i have a friend who's just who was who he actually moved but he was just really funny to me um very talented used to dr- did the same thing like would draw make beats like do all kinds of different things and could like would program program me in this program hit like this game and put all the characters of people that he knows and these you know but you know so at what that. point in the last decade basically did you find time again for your hobbies like <sighs> jujitsu like, came into the picture you were you've been making music this whole time no um like I, like not, you had not to frequently. take a break yeah not frequently i think i ended up juggling too many things and mm. and just like work being too much of it and not like work that was like combined all the aspects of me did uh not working for yourself anymore did starting at a company make it easier to carve out time for hobbies music drawing um no it actually didn't again and i thought that would would and i found myself doing the same thing like in meetings drawing like i did in college and 
Wow. But drawing like duck work and pipes. So it looked like I was paying attention or whatever. <laughs> but no, like uh, I ended, and then I ended up getting this offer from uh, someone who, who was a resource when I was working for myself. And uh, we actually was trying to get me on this larger project that would be like my bread and butter for the year. And that fell through, fell through. And then he ended up uh, opening his own company and um, they specialized in augmented reality. Uh, learning tools yeah yeah and so i'm like oh this is actually like cool cutting edge technology mm -hmm. it's not you know it's it's you know it, it's the bread and butter of what they do right now is what i do with the 3d modeling for buildings and 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 so I, like i was like wow like i can he called me he's like hey do you want a job basically and i you know uh, it was out of nowhere and I felt bad, but I was at a point where in this project that I thought I could quit. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know, and it not drop everything on, you know, that I was working on and to somebody who didn't know what was going on, you know, and I was like, all right, I can transition out of here. And I, I did. And this was uh, a month ago. It was actually, or yeah, a month, a little over a month, which was like, put me at two years exactly at that other company. Gotcha. Other company. So you got a new job. Took a pay cut for... For um, for a for, cool job. For took a pick up for a cool job and one that will afford me more time. Great. And, so you're you're reprioritizing yes. your other stuff so, and your communities. Right. So, so that brings us. You're what? Now I'm the director of uh, like of building information modeling and XR, which is mixed reality, which is cool. I think. Nice. Yeah. Congrats. That's Thank awesome. You. And you're you're basically doing computer graffiti now that's like yes. kind of your job well and then i and then also i work work remotely all the time i most of the time and like sick and so i'm i i run meetings and after the meetings i'm like which i think is a big thing is like the time that it takes you to get somewhere else mm -hmm. um it it it's it's not just that hour of travel it's, yeah it's like ramping up ramping down it's like right totally speed bump. so i want to fast forward now to your Bushwick Junction, as I call it, the okay. titular junction, which basically how you became involved with this community. So I know it was kind of a chance encounter and I want to hear the story. Well, similar, similarly, or like how I've been trying to make time when I was making time, trying to find or like squeeze time for my hobbies what, or the things that I don't really think are hobbies or more me um, that I like to do mm -hmm. um, where like I would be painting and drawing places or I, or I would bring my um I have a drum machine I bring the drum machine to um local places bars coffee shops whatever and uh I would use my drum machine and just like you know, were you doing like open mic sort of no not yet now I have been doing that but um the uh at the time I, I just was I was still recovering and again back into like my emotional maturity and trying to get over some of that that uh, that time I was speaking about was like a bunch of things that happened and it was kind of traumatizing for me and, and ex to an extent and I kind of withdraw withdrew and became a hermit mm. and um so I kind of just needed to be around people and wanted to like but also wanted to do the things some of the things that I do like with music and art are solitary things right and so but this like MPC it's like you can bring it with you and so like got I it be so you were like sitting people. with headphones exactly. at a bar. Okay, okay. So I could be solitary. So and you're out people. at a bar making beats, basically, right. at, to, so that you can have people around you, but also do your thing. Exactly. Cool. And uh, uh, Rob Pritchard, who yeah, one of the co-founders, co yeah, he um, actually lives across the street from me. I didn't know at the time, you know, but um, I had never met him before, and he was sitting next to me at um, a bar that. Uh, 
on the corner of our block. And uh, he, what bar? Maloko. Maloko. Yeah. And he sees you on your drum machine, yeah. which is like extremely cool for a bar. Yeah. And I was he- well, and I was heading out, and he's like, he's like, hey, like, uh, what you know, what's that? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. It, you know, it's, people have asked me before and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, like I want you to ask me, and I want. That's why you're doing it in but, public. But also leave me alone. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, oh uh, yeah. And then I kind of like, oh, thanks. Uh, and he gave me his card and he's like, oh, you make music, you can submit. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, ran out. Hmm. And uh, But I did follow up with him and I said, hey, you know, how could I get involved? And we we sat down and spoke and, I, you know, it was really interesting speaking to him. And we kind of like, I just, we had the same conversation. We had a conversation about having like the same thought of like being involved in a community being present, being actively present, actively involved yeah. instead of passive. Like, you know, some people take and I was I didn't feel like I was taking and not contributing, but I felt like I I have been just passively um, contributing. And I want to be more of an active contributor to the communities that, you know, that I that I that I the tables that I hop from, you know, like. Yeah. You know, you wanted to sit at the table instead of hop between for just right. a quick second. Yeah. Um, and where does this how does this help on your sort of emotional recovery from the rough period that you had? Well, it's um interesting. It's like, uh, you know, I've, like it's, it's have, having to, like forcing myself to interact with people. Hmm. Um, force, Are you like, an introvert? You're definitely an introvert. Yeah. But like, I'm, it's weird because I'm fine. Like there was a time when I was fine interacting with people, although I'm introverted. Mm-hmm. I, it's, you know, of course. Yeah. Um, but um, now it's like I'm trying to be that again. Uh, yeah. Um, I think uh, like I I like connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, sometimes we get into situations. I was in a situation where you know you end up feeling like you you are afraid of connection um, because yeah. there there are, if connections become weighty, um, you wonder if you, how the connection between you and another person will affect you. So as you protect yourself, you fear of vulnerability. Um, and you're also sometimes afraid of if you can help other people and like you're afraid of what's going on with that person. It might not be like, okay, this person's going to hurt me directly. It's like, oh, this person is hurting. I don't know how to help them. You know? Yeah. Feeling powerless. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and so I'm like uh, realizing that it's not as scary, um, you know, coming out of survival mode, coming out of the illusions of urgency, I think. It's a big thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really beautiful. Coming out of the illusion of urgency. Yeah. And sort of just embracing the world. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's a beautiful note to end on. Um, removing the illusion of urgency. God, I can't get over that. Like, that's my favorite one. <laughs> Super eloquent. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Evan. Thank you for having me. Uh, okay. Let's see. We have some announcements to make. Uh, Join us this Thursday, May 3rd, for RFB Presents First Thursdays at the Well for the Stone Giant EP release show. Uh, Stone Giant are retro rockers. That's their genre. Cool genre. Uh, and their recent winner of the Delhi Magazine's Emerging Artist Poll. New EP coming out Thursday, which they're releasing at the Well. Um, the Well is at 272 Messerl Street, super close by RFB in Brooklyn. Tickets are eight bucks, uh, or sorry, ten at the door. Also, what else? Uh, Bushwick Junction is a weekly show. You can, if you want to be on it or if you have any questions about it, 
you can hit me up at asharadiofreebrooklyn.org or find me on Facebook. Um, also, please find me on Apple Podcasts and like and uh, rate and comment so that I I become a more legit real podcast. Uh, theme song is by Nation of Language. Check them out wherever you get your music. Uh, what else do I got for you guys? I think that's it. Tune in next week. I will be here. Bye-bye. Mike isn't on. It's me. No, never mind.